constant weight loss tips and they start off being you know less extreme like you know 1200 calorie diets but um but slowly you start getting more extreme things you know 500 calories a day 300 calories a day Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that would like to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Our email is oplpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us an email and we'll get back to you. And today we're speaking with a woman about one of the most dangerous online communities out there, we would say, the pro-anorexia community. And she's going to talk about how she first discovered and got involved in this community, her dangerous experience with it, and how she was ultimately able to get out and separate herself. So we've got the guests on the line and thanks so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Can you talk about the first time that you discovered this community? Uh, do you remember how old you were and what was it exactly that you saw online that drew you in? Sure. Um, so I don't necessarily remember the specifics of the first time, um, but I know that I was around 12 when I first came across this, I was starting to have sort of insecurities with my body and I wanted to lose weight. And I just went on Instagram looking for some weight loss tips. I didn't think I could come across the types of things that I did, but I started finding tips that were, let's say, quite extreme. Um, but because I was so young, obviously I didn't really realize or understand um, sort of the gravity of what I was getting myself into. So it was really just weight loss tips. Okay. So at, at what point did it kind of, I guess, take a turn and it's, it wasn't just weight loss tips. It was something else. I guess it's kind of like a slow process um, of getting involved in it. You would start just seeing, you know, constant weight loss tips and they start off being, you know, less extreme, like, you know, 1,200 calorie diets, but slowly i'm assuming it's the instagram algorithm that does it um but slowly you start getting more extreme things you know 500 calories a day 300 calories a day um and then when you start following these accounts that give the tips then along with that comes the sort of like pro-anorexia pictures which would be images of extremely malnourished and extremely sick girls um and you just slowly sort of get indoctrinated into the belief that this is the ideal body type and this is um you know the way to attain it and that um yeah following these tips and being part of this community was the right uh, way to feel happy about what you look like and from what you could see as you began to discover this what's sort of the engagement um what are you know other people saying are they encouraging are they, you know, kind of commenting, like, where does this community sort of like live and begin to form? So there are a variety of places the community exists. For me, it started on Instagram, but I was also part of the Tumblr community. And then there was an online forum, separate social media that I was also a part of. And then sort of coming off all of these offshoots, there are then group chats and um, like WhatsApp group chats and all sorts of other things. So it's really like, it's everywhere. And even now when I'm on TikTok, I often see pro-anorexia content still coming up. So there must be a community on there as well at the moment. But obviously that didn't exist when I was 12. Is it sort of marketed as pro-anorexia or is it kind of disguised as just weight loss 
Um, so when I joined the community, it was really explicitly pro-anorexia. And um, that was because social media platforms hadn't um, got a handle of it yet. So the, none of the hashtags were blocked or anything. Now, if you were to search pro-Anna on Instagram, it will come up with a helpline number and no posts. But at the time, um, it would just be all of the posts. There was no issue with um, having to sort of disguise it. As I sort of progressed in the community a couple of years forwards, they started to put blocks on hashtags. So it became a bit more discreet um, in the ways that things are being found. But I would say it's always very obvious that this is pro-anorexia. So as you begin to, you know, understand this and see it for what it explicitly is, what was your mindset at the time? And I guess, why was it attractive to you knowing that this was promoting anorexia as you know the ideal body type or the I guess quote-unquote healthiest way to be I think for me I've been sick uh for a while already I'd suffered from binge eating disorder to start off with um, when I was about 11 and then obviously I then started to want to find the weight loss tips um and I think I was already in a relatively vulnerable place. And to me, I was so unhappy with what I looked like. Anorexia seemed like a solution. And I think it was framed at the time almost as though anorexia is an option. So you could, you know, choose to start eating this way and choose to start thinking this way. And when it was no longer convenient or when you'd you know, reached your goal weight, you could just stop and you could go back to normal, which obviously wasn't true. But at the time... I think I genuinely just didn't see the dangers of it. And I really think a lot of that has to do with how young I was. I mean, 12, 13, you really can't have a grasp on the extent of that issue. Yeah. Do you think that that is probably, is is that common, I should say? Like, is, is it common for uh, people around that age to kind of get introduced to this? And that's, you know, kind of how, you know, you... I guess, keep people in that community or how eating disorders sort of begin? Um, like in your experience, did you, I don't know how often you kind of interacted with the forums or anything, but were there people around your age, um, like on these forums and in this community? Yeah, so I was really big on the forums. Um, I had a big Instagram following and a big Tumblr following and I was in lots of group chats. So I've got a fairly good um, perception of what the community is like. And I would say majority are sort of between the ages of 12 and 15. Wow. Um, 16 plus is really rare. And I would say that the reasons for that are because once you start properly hitting, well, you've kind of already hit puberty, but once you get so far along in puberty as a woman, your body starts to change and you naturally start to gain weight in certain places. And the uh, sort of, pictures that are there for the pro-anorexia community they're just not attainable anymore it's it's um your body can't take that kind of hammering anymore because you're just too old for it I guess so I think lots of people age out of it for that reason and then I guess there is also the you know having the ability to critically think and see that this is actually incredibly unhealthy and that the behaviors you're participating in are um you know, really negative, that makes a lot of people leave the community when they start to fully age, I guess. You said that you had like a following on, on Tumblr and stuff. Like what what was the following? For, was it for pro-anorexia? Yeah, for pro-anorexia content. So I used to post um, 
an awful lot of pictures of what my body looked like. Um, I used to post, you know, as much as I feel shame about the fact that I did this, I used to post all sorts of tips and tricks. And um, yeah, I was kind of like a stereotypical pranorexia account, you could say. Wow. So people were coming to you for advice and you were also just sort of encouraging others and they were encouraging you on this anorexia journey? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the accounts are, there are different types of accounts. So I was a more encouraging account, you could say a nicer type of account. And um, I would just sort of post tips or tricks and, you know, post what my body looked like and say, you know, how have I lost, you know, 10 pounds this month? How have I done this this month? Um, but there are other accounts that are very aggressive. So they would post can't remember what it was called but it was like um if you think of motivational speak but really really mean so it would be like um you know don't eat any calories today because you're going to be a fucking fat pig and stuff like that so it was very like aggressive hateful hateful content and those people would comment underneath people's posts or oh, lose more weight you fucking pig like all of this type of stuff but that was accepted because it was seen as oh well they're just trying to encourage you to be better and what was your motivation for having that Tumblr account? I mean, I, I know at the time you didn't know like how harmful or dangerous this was, especially for, you know, girls around that age. Um, but at the time, what what was your like motivation? Did you think that you were like, why why try and get other people sort of on board? I think I was just looking for friends and I was looking for community. And I don't think I was ever... At that point in time, when I started my account, it sort of changed as time went on. But at the start, people were very much like, you do not join this community unless you already have an eating disorder. So there was never an aim to sort of reel people in and pull them in. It was more like, okay, so we all have eating disorders and we all have these problems. None of us want to get better. None of us want to improve. So we may as well sort of be there for each other and help each other and, um, yeah, sort of support each other to reach the goals that we want. But it was never with an intention to get other people to be anorexic. Okay. And do you remember at this time the specifics of the lifestyle that you were living? Like what, what were the tips that you were sort of following in your everyday life? Yeah, so some of them were, um, I mean, they, these are all going to sound crazy, but some of them are a little less strange. Um, so that would be ones like always taking the stairs, like you would never take a lift, doesn't matter how far you're going, you know, always walking everywhere and not getting on public transport. Um, and these tips that are more reasonable are sort of the ones that reel you in. Um, then as you get further on, you move to having ice cold baths, because I believe it was if you sit in an ice cold bath for an hour, you'll burn 300 calories. So that was obviously a good idea. Then it's you always run up flights of stairs instead of walking because, you know, every little extra calorie that you can burn counts. Um, you know, there would be workouts that you could do, sort of quite heavy, hard, he heavy on cardio workouts you could do in your bedroom silently so that your parents wouldn't find out. Um, tips about how to hide your eating disorder. So I... Um, used to put a lot of tips out about how you could make it seem as though you had eaten when you hadn't. So stuff like 
if you take the little tray out of the bottom of your toaster, it's full of crumbs. Tap some of those crumbs onto a plate, put some butter on a knife, and that will fool your parents thinking you've had breakfast for the day. Um, so it's a lot of, yeah, just small sort of tips on how you can help lose weight that honestly probably don't actually work. But I think that's what you get when you have 13-year-olds teaching others on how to lose weight. It doesn't work. Yeah, I was going to ask like how old you were when you decided to start doing this and giving out tips. And also you said that you had went online and saw this and that's kind of like when you were introduced. When you were going online, um, were you searching for pro-anorexia sort of content and community at that point or did you find it and then it kind of, uh, I guess, unlocked something in you and you kind of started your journey on this? Yeah, I was 12 when I first started finding the accounts. Um, Did you go looking for them? No, I was just looking for weight loss tips, to be honest. And I think I naturally, um, I think there is, there are so many of these accounts out there. that If you're looking on a social media app for weight loss tips, it's a guarantee that you will stumble across one. They are everywhere. Even now, if I was to look for weight loss tips I guarantee that I would find one and it's sort of the frequency at which they start popping up and then you start following different accounts and then for me I started to realize sort of a few months in that this wasn't normal weight loss tips and that this wasn't acceptable so then I created a separate account to watch these things on so that my friends couldn't see that I was following this type of content and then that account then became the account that I would post on in the future and I don't think I started posting until I was about 13. Wow. So there is such an element of deceit because you're sort of living this other life online, hiding it from your friends that you have these accounts, this following that this is, you know, the people and the community you're engaging with. But in real life, did your parents find out? Did your friends notice? Did your body drastically change? How, how do you hide that? So it's hard to hide it. Um, the thing with the community, the narrative is that we all have eating disorders. None of us want to get any help with our eating disorders. And almost the pro part of the pro anorexia is like your pro people being able to live this lifestyle. So the greatest fear for somebody who's part of this community is ending up in a mental health facility. Um, so an awful lot of the content is about how you can hide it. Um, so for me, I lost weight relatively slowly to start off with until I was fully engrossed in the community. And then it was very rapid. Um, but I was overweight already. And I think, um, when you lose weight, when you're overweight, people always think it's a good thing. Mm. They don't pay attention to how quickly you're losing the weight or, um, you know, how it's being done, you just receive compliments, which then sort of reinforces the behavior. Um, as my eating disorder spiraled, it became more difficult because um, I ended up being bulimic. Um, that is unbelievably difficult to hide. Um, and from my parents, I think my parents knew that there was something wrong Um but I don't think they understood the extent of the issue. Um, so 
when I was bulimic, I would do things like throwing up in sandwich bags and like keeping them in my room and then putting them in the bin, uh, like outside, like the outside bin um, at the end of the week. Um, hiding my body was all about like the kind of clothing that I wore. I stopped dressing feminine and started dressing really quite like androgynous. Um, so lots of big oversized T-shirts, big oversized jeans. So you really wouldn't notice the weight loss unless you'd seen me naked or seen me without clothes on. And nobody ever saw that. I went really far out of my way to always be very, very covered um, because otherwise people would start thinking that the weight loss wasn't normal. Did you guys know that there's a surefire way to wake up feeling fresh after a night of drinking? It's called Zbiotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic. It's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic and it was made by scientists to help you tackle those rough mornings after a night of drinking. If you're like me, you don't want to lose the whole next day after going out and having a fun night drinking because you want to be productive. You might want to go to the gym. You have work to do, responsibilities, and you can't afford to just be lying on the couch all day. So here's how Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic actually works. When you drink, that alcohol it turns into a toxic byproduct in your gut. And it's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for that rough next morning. And Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic produces an enzyme that breaks this byproduct down. So you see where I'm going with this, right? It's, it doesn't take a PhD scientist to understand. It takes a PhD scientist to make this stuff, but it doesn't take one to understand that you're gonna feel better the next morning if Zbiotics is your first drink of the night. I'm a martini guy, I like martinis, they're pretty strong, but I drink Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic before I have my first martini, and then I feel way better the next day uh, than when I just go straight martini. Seriously, I'm able to work, come in, record, do all the things that were a struggle before I added Zbiotics to my night of drinking. So this holiday season, give your friends and family a gift that they'll actually want to use with Zbiotics. You can go to zbiotics.com slash OPL to get 15% off your first order when you use OPL at checkout. And Zbiotics is backed with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So head to zbiotics.com slash OPL. Use the code OPL at checkout for 15% off. And thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. I know we're cutting it close, but if you have not finished your holiday shopping, do not worry and listen up. There is still time to find incredible and unique gifts with the help of Uncommon Goods. UncommonGoods.com has the absolute best gifts for everyone in your life. We're talking moms, dads, besties, cousins, in-laws, you name it, there is something for them. Uncommon Goods offers unique and creative gifts that are often made by independent uh, artists and makers. A lot of these things are handmade, so you can find really unique and interesting gifts. I just went crazy with candles on their site. Really cool, unique candles, all handmade. I know a lot of people in my life love candles, so I just scooped up as many as I could. But they have everything from art to jewelry to home goods and bar accessories, you name it. 
and you can find it on Uncommon Goods. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice, and they've donated more than $2.5 million to date. So not only do you get an awesome, unique gift for someone, but you can help give back as well. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash OPL. That's uncommongoods.com slash OPL for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we are all out of the ordinary. Do you think that <clears throat> you would have developed these eating disorders uh, had you not come across the pro-anorexia content? That's a really interesting question. Um, because it's really difficult for me to say. Uh, even now, I'm years out of this community. Um, and I still struggle with my eating disorder. Um, and, you know, after doing lots of therapy and stuff, I realized that my problem is control. If I feel as though I'm losing control in aspects of my life, my default coping mechanism is to control my diet. Mm -hmm. Now, I really don't know whether that would have been the case without me finding the pro-anorexia community. But I would say, you know, I, I before I found that community, I had an unhealthy relationship with food because I had a binge eating disorder and I was aiming to lose that weight anyway. So whether I would have naturally ended up restricting that far or not, I really, I, I'm not sure, but I think I do have naturally like a, a propensity for eating disordered behavior. Got it. You mentioned in your email too about a time where you were groomed by a man who I think had an anorexia fetish. Is that sort of a dark subset within this already dark community? Like being part of this community, does that open you up potentially to predators and people online? Yeah, I mean, obviously there are predators in every community. Um, and I think with people who suffer from eating disorders, you're, especially at that young age, you're so, 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 so vulnerable. Um, and the way this ended up happening to me um, was these WhatsApp groups that I've mentioned, which essentially were almost like diet competitions, some of them, and some of them would be like tips and tricks pages, and some of them would be like motivational groups. So you'd wake up every morning, you'd weigh yourself, you'd talk in the group. If you were struggling and feeling like you were going to eat something that day, then, you know, people would all tell you not to. Um, but these were relatively open groups that sort of anybody within the community could join. Um, and naturally, you did get men who had a fetish for people with anorexia join. Um, so for me, um, this guy, he was in a group chat I was in. He messaged me separately saying that he could help me lose weight. I obviously at the time thought, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Somebody's going to help me lose weight. That's just what I want. Um, our conversation started off being normal, as normal as they can be within this context. Um, you know, just day to day, sort of what have you eaten today? And, you know, have you done any exercise today? And all of those. And then it's, you know, send me pictures of the food you've had today. Uh, then it's send me pictures of how much you weigh on the scale. Then it's, you know, send me pictures of 
you in your underwear so I can see how much weight you've lost. Then it's take off your underwear. Um, it was a very gradual process, but I do think these predators are everywhere within that community. And you're you're underage. Yeah, and they and he would have absolutely known that. Jeez. I believe he told me he was younger than 18 but like older than me Mm -hmm. um but whether that was true or not I don't know I never saw his face I never got anything you know sent to me in return it was a very it was a strange situation to say the least um but it was clearly a man who got sexual gratification out of having you know, this much control because I would have to, I'd have to ask him for permission to eat food Wow! if I wanted to eat food. Um, this became a very invasive, um, relationship, let's say. And he was actually the person who made me become bulimic because if I ate without asking for permission, I would have to throw up. Um, and then he wanted me to send pictures of me throwing up. And at the time, couldn't even cross my mind that this was a kink but obviously now as an adult I see it for what it was um and obviously he was getting some form of sexual gratification out of that wow that is so disgusting and terrible to hear and it's just crazy hearing all of this knowing you're one of so many young girls that are you know simultaneously going through this for you do you remember the moment, you know, you mentioned before, like getting older, having critical thought, being able to think for yourself and kind of see through uh, this facade of a community. Do you remember what that moment was for you and, and what led you down that path to get out of this? Yeah, I think I just, I eventually, um, I just slowly sort of stopped using these social medias as much. I mean, um, Tumblr closed down whenever that was. Um, and before that, it became very inactive. So that community wasn't really an option anymore. So everything moved on to Instagram. But then Instagram made everything really, really difficult for you to um, find any of the hashtags and to post content. And I think because I was like a creator page, um, it was quite... Uh, almost upsetting for me that I wasn't getting the likes and the follows. And I, at that point, was deep enough into my eating disorder that I didn't need the help. I didn't need the tips. I didn't need the community. I had, you know, a small number of genuine friends that I'd created through this community who I could keep my friendship with without without it. Um and I think I just reached a point where I just I just didn't need it anymore. And it was becoming more trouble than it was worth. Um, but at that point that I sort of left the community, I still had no real understanding of the sort of moral issues surrounding the way that I was behaving. But again, I think that's just another age thing. Everybody involved in this is so young. <laughs> you don't think about it because you're so young. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, you know, how do you like today, how do you feel about the pro anorexia content and like, how do you think that affects, you know, younger women when they find it on the internet? I feel, um, 
for my personal actions, I feel incredibly guilty um, because, you know, I participated in calling people pigs and um, saying that people were disgusting and, you know, you're so fat, you shouldn't lose weight. Like, I participated and I have said those to other girls, those things to other girls, which is a really horrible thing to do. Um, And, yeah, sort of through gaining a bit more perspective on it, I've sort of been able to feel less guilt over it because I was so young at the time and I wasn't really thinking my actions through. And obviously I'm responsible for my actions, but it's almost a limiting factor because of how young and how indoctrinated I was by the community itself. Um, Now, when I see fresh content, I just feel so sad that it is still happening. I feel so sad that people, that social media accounts, um, social media platforms allow this type of content to still be there. It's crazy. I mean, we have had, you know, a decade of this style, a decade of this content being there. There has to be ways that they could prevent this from being pushed so far. And for me, being one of the, original I guess not really one of the more original accounts that was posting pictures I've seen pictures of myself posted on TikTok that oh, I wow. posted when I was 13 and unable to understand the consequences of it and even now people are posting pictures of me in my most sick state in my underwear as an underage child on social media platforms so I feel disgusted by the fact that it still exists Jeez. do you like, do you just not really interact with social media anymore? Or or is there, <clears throat> do you feel the need to kind of combat this in a way since you have some sort of perspective? I think for me, I still use social media, um, but I'm very quick to sort of block and disengage with anything that's eating disorder related. Um, it's not just because I worry about seeing images of myself, which is extremely triggering, um, but also, you know, I, I still struggle to some extent with my eating disorder, so I just don't want to see it. I feel like with combating it, it's almost like a losing game because, you know, I know what it was like when I was part of that community and every hashtag that gets shut down, you start a new hashtag and everybody starts using it. And the community is so, um, so adaptable, let's say. Um, so it almost feels as though there's not much that I can feasibly do to prevent these these girls from posting this content. And it is mostly girls. I know I'm saying girls as though boys don't have anorexia. Boys do have anorexia, but from my experience, the community is 99% female, at least. Mm-hmm. There are really no males participating. Um But yeah, I feel like these girls are going to post this content and there's not much you can do to stop it. The best you can do is kind of educate, I guess, parents and um, people who aren't eating disordered so they can understand, I guess, the dangers. Yeah, for parents specifically, I think that's really important. And you touched on it before a little bit with some of the ways that you were able to deceive your parents, but anything else that you want to add kind of speaking to parents directly that maybe they should look out for or monitor to be able to catch this. And also, if it is something they notice, what's your advice on approaching 
their child about this? Yeah, I think um, with things to notice, it's difficult because people with eating disorders will do anything to hide the fact they have one because the worst case scenario is to end up in a mental health ward. That's the worst, worst case. Death seems better than ending up in a mental health ward. Um, So it's very difficult to catch. But I think it's things like, you know, if your child is all of a sudden dressing really differently, maybe they used to wear, you know, normal childlike clothing and all of a sudden it's, you know, 30 degrees outside and they are wearing a jumper. Um, It's things like, have you actually physically seen your child eat recently? Or is it that food is sort of emerging out of their bedroom or, you know, plates are arriving on the side, but you haven't actually physically watched them eat food? Um, Everybody with an eating disorder has weird ways of eating food. Nobody eats normally. So even when I would eat in front of my parents, I ate food in a really specific order and my food all had to be separated out on my plate and I would eat certain fractions of each bit of food on my plate. Everybody has their own different rules for how they consume food. If you're noticing a distinct change in how your child is consuming that food, that's a big red flag that there's something wrong. Um, Insistence on counting calories and knowing how many calories are in food not wanting to go out for dinner is a big sign. Um, and I think if you can spot your child um, incessantly weighing themselves, my mum noticed once for me, she was realising I was constantly going to the toilet after I was eating, but I was only going to be in there for two or three seconds. She eventually asked what was wrong, and it was that I was weighing myself before and after every single meal I was eating. Um And that was, you know, a good sign for her to realize something was going wrong. But it's so the types of behaviors that each person uh, participates in are so specific. Any small sign could be a sign of something larger. Are you looking to budget your food expenses this holiday season? Get more bang for your bite with America's best value meal kit. I'm talking about every plate. Their meals are 50% cheaper than the average fast casual meal. So ditch the takeout, save the money and enjoy good, fresh satisfying food. Listen to this. If you like steak, they have a $1 steak for life. You get to add a 10 ounce ranch steak to your weekly order for $1 per box. As long as your subscription is active, that's a dollar steak for life. That's actually insane. When you think about what steak typically cost and also how delicious it is. Plus with every plate, you get to say goodbye to those annoying trips to the grocery store and all their meals are ready in six simple steps. So everyone can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Trust me on that. You, you don't want to see the things that I've done in the kitchen. But every plate actually makes it doable for me. And something that's really important to me, they use the highest quality ingredients as well as sustainably sourced seafood. That's something that I really care about when I'm choosing my meals. So this checks those boxes, which is fantastic. And honestly, just with the amount of time that I've saved not going to the grocery store and cooking these quick and easy meals, I feel like I've been able to get so much more done. I feel like I have, honestly, more time to hang out with my family, more time to contribute to work if I need. It used to be such a hassle trying to plan out 
this huge block of time because I need to figure out how to even attempt to cook because I honestly not good at it. But with every plate, I just feel like I've gotten so much of my time back, not to mention I'm saving so much money. So get a meal for $1.49 plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering the code 49OPL. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem that $1 stake. And get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal. That is a steal. Seriously, guys, go check this out. Uh, we're super happy to be partners with every plate, and you can get started for just $1.49 per meal, plus those $1 steaks if you want it. Just go to everyplate.com slash podcast, enter the code 49OPL. Subscription must be active to redeem that dollar steak, but go check that out. Save some money. Enjoy some great food. Wow, that's yeah. really, really helpful. And you know, in terms of approaching your child or if there were, if there was a moment in the past where your parents were to approach you when you were sort of at the peak of this, is there a way that you think would have been most effective in sort of getting through to you? I think getting through to somebody with an eating disorder is, it's unbelievably difficult because the mindset that you are in is that you you want to keep losing weight the consequences of that don't matter so you don't care about your friends feelings your family's feelings you don't care about your life you don't care about any of these things so i guess something that's surprising for a lot of people to hear is that the best thing you can do when someone has an eating disorder is not try and dissuade them don't try and change their behavior try and be somebody who is there to listen and who will understand and who won't judge. Um, and obviously, you know, you would say, you know, I don't think it's great that you're doing this or, you know, I don't um, believe that this is healthy for you. I don't believe that this is good for you. But having somebody who is breathing down your neck, have you eaten today? Have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? It makes people more secretive. And that judgment adds shame to into the mix of what you've got going on and it makes it worse. So I think as a parent, if you're noticing these signs, the best thing you can do is try and have a supportive conversation, sort of asking, how is your child feeling? And, um, you know, things like that. But at the end of the day, if somebody with an eating disorder doesn't want help and doesn't want to get better, they won't get better, which is very difficult to come to terms with as somebody from the outside but it is the truth. If somebody doesn't want to eat, you can't force them to eat. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us and, you know, sharing this perspective because I think it's going to be very helpful, um, you know, for especially young women in that age range. I don't know how many of them listen to the show, but if they do stumble upon it, I think it's important to hear from someone who is in that community and now out of it and realizing that it is a negative thing and a dangerous game to be playing. Um, so yeah, we appreciate you coming on and taking the time today to, uh, talk to us. Thank you. Yeah. And just to finish this off, uh, if there is anyone listening that might find themselves in this community, uh, or coming out of it, is there just anything that you want to leave them with? For people who are in the community, um, just know that 
An eating disorder isn't something that you can pick up and drop whenever you want. And if you're in a position at the moment where you're just starting to get into the community and it's really difficult for you to not eat and it's difficult for you to stick to these rules, um, just stop. Um, stop and find, you know, if it's that you really want to lose weight, find healthier ways to do it. This extreme is something that never leaves you. I'm, you know, I've now been living with my eating disorder for 12 years and it never goes fully. I have periods where it's better, but it's never gone. So if you can prevent yourself from having to live life the way that I do, you really should do that um, for yourself and for your future happiness. And for people wanting to leave the community, um, I know it is probably really daunting to think of losing that support, but the fact that you want to leave means that you're in a place where you're seeing this isn't healthy and this isn't a good way to live your life. And if you can see that, you know, follow your intuition um, and follow what you know and try your hardest to, you know, battle the disorder that you've got and to get healthy because your health is always going to be the most important thing. Um, so much more important than a number on a scale or a clothing size. Um, yeah, do what you can to make yourself healthy, I'd say. Wow. Well, thank you so much. That was incredible. And I know you said this is something that's hard to combat, which we understand, but awareness, I think, is always a step forward. And I think that this will help you know, people, uh, no matter where they are, you know, in their life or which community or eating disorder, uh, it was really, really important conversation. So we can't thank you enough and we wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Man, I, I, I really sympathize with people who have eating disorders. Um, specifically uh, women around that age, you know, 12 to 15, I believe she said, especially with the presence of social media, like I'm sure that that doesn't help at all. It's like throwing gasoline on a fire. Um, and I was asking questions to her because I, I just, I thought it was interesting. Um, it almost sounded like she accidentally found this stuff like looking for weight loss tips, which is something that I think everyone does. Mm -hmm. um, and then falling into this community, it's a slow burn. It's like, you know, a, almost a grooming into an eating disorder that you can't get out of now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying that's how it happens for everybody, but it sounds like that is something that a lot of girls around that age are susceptible to. I mean, especially nowadays, like I said, with social media, like a lot of people, it, it is a less social world. Everything is online now and you just want to find community. If you're not, you know, garnering attention through Instagram or Snapchat or any of these things, um, you know, you, you feel alone. You feel like an outcast. You feel like I'm, I'm not part of a thing or I don't have like a big group of friends or anything um, in real life. So like I need to find some sort of community. So when you do find some sort of community, that becomes addicting in of itself. And then if it's in a, a dangerous thing like this, it almost makes sense of why it's perpetuating like this behavior that isn't necessarily good. But from what I know from people in my life that have eating disorders, it is all about control. Like mm -hmm. she said, it's like controlling a part of your life of like, you know, I, 
everything else I kind of feel out of control of, but I can focus on this thing and I can decide when I eat, when I don't eat and you know, whatever. And like that feels good, but it's, it's the reason why I'm saying like, I sympathize so much. I mean, aside from the fact, the obvious is like the community of it, right? You feel alone. You, there's something you feel bad about your body and, or your weight. And then you go online to find community, you find it. And you just become, and you're too young to understand like the, your actions, but her creating that page, you know, and putting out all these tips and tricks, you are, what you're doing is like creating more like people with Well, it's like disorders. a pyramid scheme and it's intentional. Exactly. But I will say, I'm glad she's not carrying around that guilt because it is interesting you're to hear. You're fucking 12, was, you know? Well, like, yeah. And you know or now to know like this is it's like heinous predatory intentional marketing for lack of a better word i guess like yeah. these posts these tips it's so intentional how this is designed to just infiltrate the psyche of a woman you know at that age and it's working and that's so terrifying yeah. and it just makes me so scared of like this yeah. thing that has all these rabbit holes and this this, you can go so deep into these communities that can be so harmful. And if you have access at a young age, why wouldn't you be susceptible to these things that are modeled to make you believe it, that this is the way? Also, and, fuck a young age. Like that phone creates so much mental illness across the board, no matter what age it is. So if you really think about it, it can be traced back to that. And like I was saying, the world that we live in where you feel more isolated and what you see online is obviously fake and the highlights of people's lives. And a lot of it is just set up. It's not even real. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what you have to compare your own life to that person who you're watching. That isn't even their real life. Their body doesn't even look like that. They're so insecure and so fucked up by social media that they're like, I have to make sure my body looks perfect. You have to take a thousand pictures and then I'm going to edit the best one even to, and then I'm going to put it out. They're also perpetuating all of these like things, and like we're all doing this, you know, like we're all hurting each other. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's so hard. And like she was saying, it almost feels like it's a, a losing battle. It's like the, the answer is like flush your phone down the toilet or like don't yeah. participate in what society has become, which is social media. Like the only way to kind of save yourself and, and maybe these things do exist too outside. I mean, obviously they exist like outside of like social media. I just think that it perpetuates it. It throws, you know, gasoline on a, on a fire that's already burning and it just makes it so much worse. And it, it turns you into like a content creator and a, and almost like now you are the person who pulled you into this thing. You and know what and I mean? she even said it was so hard to leave because then I lost those following, like the following that engagement. Now she, there's the layers of like the pro anorexia community. And she was essentially an influencer within that community that right. then had to deal with that, like losing that. It's, I don't know. I, it's weird because we use social media as a device for the show, other things we do, obviously. So it's very complicated, but I just don't see how we don't look back in whatever it is, 20, 30 years and think like, oh yeah, remember when we were essentially just watching people uh, inject heroin into their eyeballs and like we were just, that was just how life was back then. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. it's going to look like. But Dude, it's, I, I think that it's, I think it's horrible. I think that, like I said, I think the phone, it, it creates so much mental illness and mental illness will exist regardless, I'm sure. 
Um, but that just, it's on another level. Like it's just on another level. And when, and when it comes to, especially women's bodies and, and their weight and, and whatnot, like social media is probably the worst thing for that. For sure. You know, like it's just going to make it worse. And I mean, I, I'm not even confident that it doesn't affect 100% of women at a certain point. So it's like a scale obviously, but like everybody and not just women, but like, yeah, everybody dude, like for whatever reason, it's not just weight. It's like, you know, your status, your job, how much money you have, yeah, this is the, the things you do, you wear, everything, it's, the, it's, everything. it's everything. So like the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's fucked dude. And, and this is why I have such a weird relationship with social media because it's like, Yes, you need it for the things that you do, and we all participate in it, and this is what society, society has become. But at the same time, it's like, I can't, I have to get away from this. I have to create some distance from this mm-hmm. because you can't, you know, you can't um, blur the lines of like what you're doing and what your actual life is. Mm-hmm. Like, cause then you just become like you, like it's, it's weird, dude. This is why all this fucking, I'm not even gonna, this, this will be a whole hour of me talking about it's, that. Yeah, yeah. This is, it's, you know, to focus back on pro anorexia, but I think, yes, like this is the gateway to make that exist. And maybe it would find other ways to infiltrate. And I guess, you know, you could always say there was in TV, magazines, body, whatever, but social media makes a community like that, not just possible, but thrive. And that's, what's terrifying. And Man, we did a pro anorexia if for the OGs listening, I think it was like 2017. It was probably the first year we started the show. And we spoke to someone who was like active in that community who was right. like pro. And that was one of the weirdest, hardest conversations we've ever had because there was no getting through to that person. So, you know, at least this conversation, I think, offers uh, a lot of help and, and wisdom from someone, you know, in, in her position. Uh but it just sucks to hear that this is still going. And even despite, you know, some of the filters and blocks and defenses that platforms are taking that, like she said, this is, it's like a virus that's going to just keep adapting and it's going to find its way and it's going to survive. And it is terrifying, but hopefully we are able to at least raise some awareness for that. Um, you know, for just anyone listening, parents, whoever, hopefully it helps. Yeah. And, you know, I sympathize with anyone who's struggling with something. And I know that the internet is a good way to find community and feel like you're not alone in in what you're struggling with. But when it comes to something like this, um, when it comes to something like this, it's, it's, it's a little different. And I hope that people can find community without that, like a negative thing, like perpetuating like a negative behavior. Um, you know, I, I mean, this is, I'm not going to get into why this is like ironic, but like it is sort of like racism in a way of like when you're when a community, when people are like, oh, if I if I like believe the things that they believe, then I have some sense of community. And it's like you were this is not innate in you. Mm -hmm. It's like you're just which I'm not saying that about all eating disorders, but I'm saying like. In, in those cases where it, it sounded like for her, it was like she went online and stumbled into this and then she kind of like was just brought into this and like found community and that was exciting. And now it's like now I'm an influencer and I have a responsibility almost to act this mm-hmm. way. Um, love the fact that she was able to get out of that. And I, I can't even imagine how hard that is. And, you know, we're insanely proud of her. And I hope that people who are listening, if you are struggling with something, um, there's an example. People get out of it. You can find community without hurting yourself or other people. 
I'm not going to talk anymore, but that's it. Uh, <laughs> for anyone out there that, uh, you know, wants to be on the show, uh, hit us up. Our email is oplpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll get back to you. You know, it's a good episode when there's a Joe rant. <laughs> that's a telltale sign, but follow us. Uh, I, yeah. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That feels weird. Saying, I'm, we're just, <laughs> we're just going to end this. We're just going to end this. Uh, See you guys next thank time. Thank you guys. <laughs>